Were you ducking your head down a little bit during that or looking away from your mic? Uh, I was probably looking down. Yeah. Okay, because it gets a little tingy, tinny when you do that. Oh, I'm sorry, Tim. Let me just face the mic and talk all smooth for a rec- I, I drank. Okay, I was going to say, then it got really sarcastic. Got, so which way are you looking now? Because you got, you got what? <clears throat> I drank fast when I got home. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. We it shows, probably but it's start fine. Because I'm going to Before you fall out. asleep or yeah, throw up. Exactly. All right, great. So here we go. <laughs> We're ready. I'm really looking forward to having you carry this episode. Thank you for carrying it for me. I'm tempted to pour myself a drink, but I guess that'll just kill more time. So we will start this. You're ready. Yes? Yes. Yes? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. You do sound like now maybe, maybe the microphone's in you. Here we go. <laughs> Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the Yuletidean past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. Happy holidays, Tim. And I, happy holidays to you on this uh, actual December date. Not when we're recording, obviously, but when it airs, I hope. Uh, we're in the midst of the beginning of December. <laughs> Uh, just for those of you who listen to this in the future and are wondering when did this happen, that's when it happened. Uh, the holidays, holiday seasons. Last week we started what I guess is hopefully going to be a theme throughout the month of just talking uh, talking Christmas, Christmas specials, Christmas viewings, things we can watch. Are you prepping for Christmas? Here's some radio banter, like in the morning, during the morning drive. Are you prepping for Christmas? Do you have a wacky story about Garland? Uh, I don't have a wacky story about Garland. I have a wacky story. About- she was a drug addict. It's hilarious. Um, I'm not prepping for Christmas right now. We have a, a child in this family whose birthday is in early December. And so we make it a mm-hmm. point not to do any Christmas activities or decorating until that birthday has passed. That's sweet. I knew that because you mentioned it last week. I'm yeah. sorry I forgot. But that's that's, that's sweet that you keep it separate. Uh, I got married this year and I got married the week after my birthday. So that's down the shitter, which is good because <laughs> I don't have to count my age anymore, But which means now all the gifts for my birthday are probably going to be group gifts, yeah. gifts that we can both enjoy, which but is just, great. Yeah, I like good, enjoying things. But it'd someone. also be more expensive. It'll be a, a, a more worthwhile gift instead of two I chintzy ones. I don't think that's how that works because it's throughout the no, same no, period. No, it's no, not I, like I, money is put aside throughout the year for two holidays. That's why it's nice what you do for your daughter because I would assume in the real world, if something is piggybacking one of the bigger gift-giving holidays or if two gift-giving holidays collide, the people giving the gifts aren't obliged to go broke that week just to cover and take your losses. I mean, when I buy gifts, I am budgeting for it. No, true. But, I don't budget but, throughout but, the year. But you would budget uh, for a birthday gift, if it was uh, separate from another uh, event, uh, anniversary or holiday, you would budget for a birthday gift. This way, you can combine that. And yeah, it doesn't have to be double, but it'll certainly be more than the individual gifts is what I'm saying. At least that's the experience I have had with with similar situations. I live check to check. Okay. So um, yeah. I'm doing – and I'm calling my career recording with a microphone on the computer. So – I may not have the money to double up when I get myself a gift for my birthday and my wedding anniversary. Yeah. Well, don't double. Just a little bit more. Maybe. Maybe I'll get a nice card for myself. But uh, yeah, Christmas, to segue <laughs> back into that. Um, it's special. So we're talking Christmas specials. Yes. That is the one thing, I guess, a consistent thing with the holidays when they're up, when they're down, when they're going well for me, or the shitty holidays I've had, or the better ones, whatever it is whatever the width or span of if I celebrate it for a full month or just a couple days, Christmas specials are always key to that, integral to get part of that. And I think a year without any Christmas specials has never happened for me. I think even if I had an exchange gifts, even if I didn't decorate or enjoy the season, the week, the hour of Christmas, I have still always tuned into some sort of uh, Christmas special. We were talking about that last week. Yeah. And this week, Going off of an idea you proposed, what what are, what are we talking about this week in, in the realm of Christmas themed television specials? Yeah, so like you said, we last week we we talked specifically about one holiday special, the Wish for Wings at Work, and <clears throat> one thing mm-hmm. I mentioned is that I also quite enjoyed regular series how they have a Christmas episode, and so like television, yeah, television series, series, sitcoms, uh, sitcoms, uh, dramas, whatever would have. 
their holiday episode. If they were going to be airing something around that time, they generally would would have their their Christmas episode. So I thought we should find a few and kind of binge watch those for our binge and podcast segment. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's what we've done. I uh, was tasked. You tasked me last week with picking uh, four episodes of of television based on mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, the holiday, possibly finding a theme within those episodes. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, episodes that we both had access to via streaming services. Sure. And so, yeah, I picked I picked four and sent them your way, and we've watched them, and now we, we will discuss. We will discuss. And I have to say, for four episodes that you picked, I think, I think there's a solid 48% of this that I enjoyed, <laughs> these, okay. uh, these four episodes. I was very – I was torn. Um, I'm just going to rattle off the episodes, and then we can get into them. <clears throat> but I just want to kind of explain my my thought process. The the episodes I picked, I picked an episode of Perfect Strangers, uh, Home Improvement, Family Matters, and Cheers. And I was limited to these choices in, in a way. There were others, like I was looking for Family Ties. I was looking for Night Court uh, and oh. a couple others. Um, but either they weren't streaming for free or they weren't streaming something that we both were able to access. So I was sort of limited here. But I made a, a conscious decision on what I picked and what order I thought we should watch them in. That I understand. You kind of built a very uh, well well to look at shit to taste sandwich <laughs> out of the four programs that you picked. Are these all four shows that you watched and enjoyed growing up? Maybe not when the particular episodes aired, but at some time during their 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 run their run on TV. Yes, we've already talked about Perfect Strangers. That That's I was a true. fan of. That's true. Uh, Home Improvement. I watched uh, the early seasons of. Yeah. Um, it was a, a family favorite at that time. I did not carry into this season. This was our episode, our holiday episodes from season five. I didn't get that far. I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember this episode. Um, I watched the first season or two of Family Matters. Um, not yeah, regularly. I never saw that one. Not regularly, but it was there. Show. It was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. So that's part of why I checked it out. Um, and then mm-hmm. Cheers, I think I came to. I would watch Cheers if I was staying up late or if there was like no school the next day, cause I believe it was on Thursdays. It was, it was Thursdays at nine, right before night court. Yeah. Actually. So I, I generally, and right after family ties, you could have bought yourself a Thursday night of programming. Exactly. That's, found that's, the that's, that's part of what I was looking for. for, but yeah, so I wouldn't always be allowed or able to stay up that late, but when I was, I would watch cheers. And then I came to cheers regularly kind of later. Um, as mm-hmm. in college, I think I watched it more. Okay, because that was a show. I mean, that show was something we – that was – you're talking about Home Improvement being uh, a family program. Cheers was kind of the show that I know as a family we watched every week. And that's something I watched for, I guess, the majority of its run, although I don't remember this uh, particular episode, this, mm. this this particular one. But yeah, like you're saying, uh, why don't we start from the top of it? Because um, like I said, I like the outer skin of this <laughs> or the outer shell of it, but um, – had a little difficulty. Well, actually, we'll see. Not as much difficulty as I'm thinking. Some trouble in the middle of it. Sure. It was kind of odd going into this because we just, like you said, two episodes ago, which is three weeks ago because we missed a week, uh, we actually binged um, a bunch of Perfect Strangers episodes from this season as yeah, well. Yeah, this episode from, from this. this episode, I believe, is earlier than the episodes we watched. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, I guess the first half of season two, this episode aired, um, if we're looking, these are a little bit out of, we're going to talk about them, I think, a little bit out of out of order in terms of when they came out. But this episode aired uh, like any good Christmas special in December, uh, December 17th, 1986. And for me, I guess I would have been in sixth grade when this aired. I would have been 11 years old in 1986. That was kind of a major uh, Transformers Christmas for me. That was kind of coming off the buzz of the animated movie that summer. It was a year I got Metroplex, the all about city and Galvatron, one of my, favorite Decepticons and probably some others. I, I was big into toys, you know, and, and, you know, I was older, so I was probably a little past the whole Santa Claus thing, but, you know, my sister wasn't, so we still got Santa, uh, Santa gifts. So that, yeah. that Christmas, I do think of it a lot. Like that's the one I, I distinctly remember ripping open a lot of just Transformer gifts. Do you remember where, what you're up to or whereabouts you would have been in 1986 um, Christmas wise? It's either sixth grade. Please don't say death in the family. <laughs> sixth grade or seventh grade. No, I don't have any sort of hard marker like that, that I can recall. I don't 
have a memory of what that Christmas was like or anything like that. Um, 86 was probably seventh grade for me. No, it must have been sixth grade as well. Yeah, sixth grade. So you don't you don't have memories of like particular toys or anything I, that Christmas? I Any do. Like I have I have memories, um, <clears throat> distinct memories of of waking up and the Ewok Village being out and set up. Oh. Um, I couldn't tell you what three year. years after Return of the Jedi. That's see cool. see I couldn't tell you what yeah. year that was, um, but I I have memories of that. I I have a memory of you know uh, Christmas where uh, I was given initially bad gifts. Which weren't even uh, bad. This is a books. No, I was given kind and, of and a strip of the highway. Something that I didn't necessarily need and I didn't ask for. Star Trek Four on VHS. <clears throat> no, I was given um crystal not crystal, but like fancy Star Wars Christmas ornaments. Uh which That's which cool. I still have. Which was cool. And so when I was given those, I was like, Wow, this is great. Thanks so much. This is so cool. And that was all I got. And I was fine with it, because it was pretty cool. And then my family was like what are you crazy? You honestly think that's all we'd give you? And it's like, what? why are you putting me in some sort of sting operation at Christmas where I'm supposed to react poorly to some actual gifts? And then they ended up bringing out a TV or something. They gave me a TV. It was just before college, actually. Um, oh, well, that might be why. It might be why. Hey, I thought yes. you were a child in this no, scenario. No, 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 no. I was, As a grown adult, gifts do peter out a little but, bit. The, 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 the still, birth of what you're I getting. Thought, I mean, slims. I got some clothes and I got... Uh, these ornaments and I thought that I was perfectly happy with that apparently they thought I would cry or something that my Christmas wasn't as um, gift heavy or I don't know anyway I'm, I'm we're off track I don't really have well no I, I don't really have like uh, a memory of 1980 specifically um, of 1986 isn't that no? what you said do you remember 86, yeah. yes, that is what I said. Do you remember this episode airing? As I watched the episode yesterday, um, I recall the episode. I do remember it. Okay. Um, I don't remember <laughs> sitting there and watching it, but the beats and, and parts of the, the imagery and stuff, I do recall. I recall there was a bit here with uh, um, Mistletoe, which I remembered. Mm-hmm. A sort of, I found... This, by the way, this episode was the one episode Allison watched with me. Uh, she was heading up, but she sat down and watched this with me. So I, I got a little bit of a take of watching it. Again, watching a special in a group <laughs> versus kind of how I watch Christmas specials now, which is by myself. Now that I think about it most of the time, like her and I will watch some stuff together, recent stuff, but there's old things that I reach back to and watch on my own. But this, her and I watched this together. Um, she had not watched the bunch that I had watched for the episode a few weeks ago. So Perfect Strangers was was a was a, a slim memory on her mind like the opening credits she was thinking of the seasons three and four with all the clips in chicago so it all seemed kind of different and new to her but it, it was fun to to watch it with someone she actually found the mistletoe sequence to be funny i found it a little pervy to be honest yeah, but it was weird because, just a tradition yeah it was weird to me though because uh we had seen an episode that airs after this uh, a couple weeks ago and their relationships as boyfriends and girlfriends weren't necessarily – they were still being established. And so I found it a little pervy too when it was like, wait a minute. I don't think they are seeing each other. This is kind of uncalled for. Um, and to just so viewers or listeners at home uh, know what we're talking about, the the, the girls and the, their names. Dalky fucks a sheep <laughs> under the mistletoe. What are the – Oh, it's Jennifer and Marianne. Jennifer and Marianne. They come and say goodbye to the, the guys, wish them a happy holiday, and, and they're going off to, to wherever they're going. Skiing, I believe. And Larry's like, oh, you can't leave yet. There's there's mistletoe uh, right there in the doorway. And so he gives Marianne a peck on the cheek, and then he dips Jennifer and gives her like a 45-second kiss, and then vice He gives her a boner, yes. basically, is what he does. Um, and then they turn it with Balky, um Marianne dips him and gives him a very long kiss. That's the part that she laughed at. She thought that was kind <laughs> it of was funny. kind of funny, um, but still a little weird because they're for me. Like I, again, we're kind of coming at this from various angles. Their relationship, I had no context as to where they were in their relationship, so it was a little weird to me. So you're missing the narrative through line of the yes. intensely thought out story arc of Perfect Strangers season two. Is is what you you were a little lost in. Correct. Well, that is a very, very accurate statement. 
I just found, and you know, it was, I don't know, because like, the, the episode opens up at a Christmas party where they work with Mr. Twinkasetti and his wife, who is billed as a character in this one. Her name's in the opening credits. That character disappears very quickly, but Mr. Twinkasetti and his wife are there. So it's like a little vignette with them. That was funny because I like Mr. Twinkasetti. Yeah. They're singing a Christmas song. That's how we know it's Christmas and so all that. So the Christmas office so party, so to speak. Kind so of, which has nothing to do with the episode. Party. Yeah. For work, yeah. What what did I say? I don't know. I think I, I think I said it's an office work party, <laughs> but um, no, I, I you know, it, but it had nothing to do with the episode. It was just some quick jokes. It was funny enough. Then they lazily get to the apartment, and that's where Marianne and Jennifer show up. It's another vignette. It's basically saying we have these actors on contract. We got to put them in the episode because it's. Yeah, it's standard Perfect Strangers pacing where it's like nothing is really happening in this episode. But unlike the four episodes we watched recently, there there was also really no jokes. <laughs> like there wasn't a whole lot of the crazy slapsticker improv. It's it's the basic storyline is that Larry's excited that he and Belky are going to Wisconsin for Christmas. He's all excited for them to go. It'll be it's a tradition that Larry loves. Every year he goes home. This year he gets to be Christmas boy, the guy who passes out the gifts to his nine brothers and sisters. So he's thrilled. And Balky, who's little, you know, little, you know, is, is recognizing the fact that he's not home in Nepos for the first year, is going with him because Larry's excited to have him. And the predictable story is they're gonna get stranded. And you know this is gonna happen because there's a scene where Balky's saying how he kind of misses Mipos and Larry very fatherly like, but very directly says you have to adjust to the change of your life and move on. And the moment I heard that I knew exactly where this plot was going and it's only driven home a little further for me because Larry gets a phone call. Then he turns to Balky and he says, we're stranded here for Christmas. <laughs> and there's a guitar sting like this and they break for commercial. Yeah. And that's pretty quick. And that's the, Typical setup of a Christmas, yeah, of being stranded. And after that, it's a pretty serious episode. Not serious like dramatic, but just this long stretches with no laugh track. There's lots of harmonica, the substitute for emotion. It's Yeah, well, Larry's heart is broken. Destroyed. (laughs) He He is a wreck. Sure. And that's a typical response, and I get it because I understand that's a real thing to explore, the not getting home for the holidays. But this normally hilarious episode doesn't have a lot of jokes. Well, no. Except for the big one. I, what was the big joke? Well, I, and, and Allison laughed at when he gets home and Balky's in the closet dressed as <laughs> Santa Claus <laughs> and how excited Santa Claus is to the point See? that she said that she didn't quite remember that. Bronson Pinchot had a Coke problem. It was her takeaway. He kept rubbing his nose. And I'm like, it's believable. And if you watch it that way, it's interesting. And it was, you know, that's the part I remember of this episode where he's Belky Claus, where he identifies the reindeer as Donna Dixon. Donna Dixon. Which another show I think uses that same joke. Yeah. And and, and so that's, that's funny. But then it just... Again, there's not a lot to this. Well, here's There's not a lot of jokes. Here's what the episode has, though. And I think this was what they were trying to do. It has Christmas spirit. It has uh, Larry as depressed as ever in this episode. Probably the most depressed I've seen him in the five episodes we've recently watched. Um, And he ties his tie like a noose. So that's pretty (laughs) depressed. Um, And and basically it's then Balky for like the second half of the episode, trying to cheer him up, trying to make him realize that this isn't the world, that we're together, that there's still, it's Christmas. Um, and so this episode, I think more than the other episodes that we'll talk about, actually has some Christmas spirit. There's actual some Christmas stuff going on. Um, yes, there's, like you say, the, the thesis statement of you have to adjust to changes and move on. Um, but there's actual Christmas spirit. There's Christmas miracles. There's, you know, it's a little church. It's a little church. It gets a little uh, more than the others. Like they, they, for sure. I don't know if it's more than the others. This was the theme that I was, that while should be expected, I'd noticed in each of them, these shows get a little Christian. A yeah. Little, well, this one uh, has, is it secular or non-secular? I'm using the, word the reason I say this one has it more is because they actually have, um, a bit where they exchange gifts and Larry's very touched and he says Merry Christmas to Balky and Balky says Happy Birthday 
back to him, which gets a laugh from the audience. And then they explain why he says happy birthday. It's the tradition there because it's also, and I forget how he calls Jesus. What does he call him? Do you recall? Jesus. That's the part that's churchy. Like Larry's story is touching. And honestly, if I had been watching this episode alone, I think I would have teared up a little because Larry tells that gushing story when Val gives him yeah. the blanket about the pottle that he made for his mom. I'm like that's nice. touching, but it just it just gives the whole. And again, I get it. It's right in the name. It's Christmas, but I was just I was a little surprised that it's like oh they're really acknowledging Jesus. So they're really acknowledging he's a shepherd and the meaning for the season and all of that. And it, I was just that was a little distracting because honestly, and I guess Peanuts does it. But a lot of the Christmas specials I watch are more the Larry story, where it's kind of like the t- being touched, right? And where it's the family side that, of it, and and the community of Christmas, <clears throat> the joy and the caring, and not necessarily the Jesus. Yeah, so that, that that threw me a little. I don't know. That just seemed, and I don't that I don't remember that in the sitcoms I was watching, and that's why, as we're going to see, you can kind of tick it off. It happens in each of these episodes that we watched. They get a little strangely not strangely because again it's how the holiday when it took over for the pagan does it happen in home improvement i didn't think it happened in home improvement i might have missed it. there's a little bit of uh because well we want to get into home improvement my, my take on home moving to that one. well yeah because my take on home improvement this episode uh basically it wasn't it didn't need to be no it was Christmas a mother's episode. day episode or a thanksgiving I mean, episode yeah uh, yeah, it, it. What a shock it, that this it, show disappointed us! I hate this show. We're we're moving <laughs> on to home improvement, people, because you picked, and we're gonna get back to exactly to what you're saying. I just just to give a little structure to this for a minute. You picked for the second episode we were watching. You picked an episode of Home Improvement, which was the despicable, laughless, macho, boiler point sitcom of the '90s um, about <laughs> Tim Allen as a tool man on some TV show. His wife, his yeah. two of his interchangeable kids, and one talented kid, and their man child uh, co host. <laughs> uh, the episode you picked is from season five. It's an episode called Twas the Flight Before Christmas, a play on, on night. And yeah. this, yeah, this aired in 1990, this aired December 12th, 1995. So you weren't watching the show when we were in college, were you? You and I were in college at this point. No, I, this I was Christmas wasn't where we knew each other. Yeah, and we weren't watching this. No. Um, I wasn't watching this. I probably watched the first two seasons, I think, of this show. But the reason I picked this episode is as I was like searching through and taking a look, um, one of the common tropes of sitcoms is being stuck somewhere. And this often happens at Christmas with blizzards. And so that's... The- blizzards that no one driving ever sees. It's only when they get to the airport that the blizzard hits. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and like I thought that with Perfect Strangers, too. It's like nobody's watching the news, this weather report. I mean, these things don't surprise you. And Larry forgets he has a car. <laughs> yeah. He could have driven to Wisconsin any time. And then when they're late, he decides to drive to Wisconsin, which would have saved him tons of money. But yes, Home Improvement, uh, this show... This show is abysmally bad. I was disgusted before it even began. <laughs> We're not even two minutes in and we get that Tim Allen grunt sound, which I know is his gimmick. But this show is so bad and it has one of the worst theme songs (laughs) ever. It has like a hyperventilating cat. And what I noticed this time in watching it, I I can't do the impression because I'll choke like an air bubble. Can you do it? Can you you mimic this theme? No, the theme song. Oh. With its weird inhaling back and yeah, forth. No. And, and I don't know, but the Gorilla Grunt is in the theme song, too. That's true. That's the part that I feel like I would hyperventilate if I did. That theme song, If the weird thing is this time, if that's a bad theme song, which it is, that means the Seinfeld theme song is also <laughs> a bad theme song because they're very similar. It struck me as we're listening to it that they're very similar theme songs. Seems weird. Just... Yeah, just awful. Maybe the and the nineties wasn't bad for theme songs. You had the Friends theme, other themes that I'll insert in post. <laughs> but this was just ah. Oh. But beyond the theme song, just to get into it, like you said, yeah, this isn't this isn't a Christmas episode. It's about uh, Richard Carn's character. What's what's Tim uh, the Tool Man's co-host's name? Al. Al. 
it's 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 a weird thing about him <laughs> being hung up on his mother <laughs> and hung up on his girlfriend. And that's why like yeah. this is a Mother's Day episode or a Valentine's Day episode or right. an episode you don't have to write. Uh, yeah, it's just definitely. Yeah, it's it such a contrived episode. It is so ridiculous. And can I also point out, uh, this isn't story related, how terrible was the airplane set? Did you notice how just ridiculously <laughs> terrible that set was? They weren't even trying to make it look like an airplane. It was. Which I guess that's common in the 90s. Uh, maybe. But, I mean, come on. A little effort. Or 80s. It's more of an 80s set. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, this, yeah that looked like cardboard. The acting is cardboard. Like I, is that sitcom acting, or is the guy who plays Al just a bad actor? Like I couldn't balance that out. Yeah, I don't know. This I just sounded never, very stilted high school performance. Yeah, he's he's never put me off as a person. He used to host Family Feud. Um, oh, and, you and used to hang out with him on the set of Family Feud. <laughs> yeah, when we used to hang out at Family Feud when I was the the gopher there. Um, yeah, he's, it, it's like he took on this particular character and stuck with that character in every goddamn situation. And it's there's like no change to his delivery, to his emotion. To It's, yeah, it's so, so flat. The whole thing is just so yeah, flat. Yeah, it's low stakes. I mean, the storm just lets up eventually and they're able to leave. We, I, I will say there's a little bit of sitcom business in this with Tom Poston. Uh, that's what I was going to say, Poston. too. That was like the shining yeah. moment. when I, I didn't realize he was in it when I picked the episode. And when I saw that he was in it, his bits, well, not like spectacular. His bit is a singular was, bit that's repeated into the ground. Was at least somewhat enjoyable. And he at least had uh, the comedic timing and delivery that the others. Which you could watch the other actors covering their mouth not to laugh at him, which I found entertaining, but also taking out out of the scene. But yeah, that was funny. The one character who's not part of the show was very funny. The one character who has, has some talent and a history and has been involved in much better programming. was funny. And, And then it did lead to a joke The Wilson character, you know, who you only ever see his eyes made some sort of comment that he has a relative who's a clerk at the airport. I thought, oh, that's funny. It's a funny callback. Referencing Tom Boston. Did you, with the the little story Wilson is telling on Home Improvement, they have a neighbor whose face you never see who's always dispensing wisdom. And on this episode, Tim, the Toolman Taylor's also conservative as an actress wife, um, is over there talking to to Wilson and talking about family and Wilson, and and how she's mad that she's going to miss a Christmas with Tim. And Wilson is telling this whole story about he, how he and his wife celebrate every Christmas together. They've never missed a Christmas together. It means so much to them. Did you, did you expect the episode? And it sh- maybe it would have been more Christmassy if it did take this spin. Did you expect his wife to be dead? <laughs> You're no. going to find out that he's just pretending all these years that she's going to see that that. that <laughs> died in some sort of whatever face scarring accident he has to hide because of (laughs) that thought did not did not enter my mind okay because i I had a feeling that oh we're going to see behind the fence so to speak and see what's going on with in the in the the solitary world of this neighbor who has too much free time and no face no you know i've never seen i've never seen the season finale Maybe that's something we should seek out and see if that is, in fact, how the entire season series ends. <laughs> I think you do see his face, but there's no reason for us to see that. This this was crap. I remember. And the I remember. Oh, I was going to say about seeing his face. I remember they um, one time I watched where the uh, cast came out and said their hellos to the um, studio audience, and he actually this has always stuck with me. He comes out holding a miniature fence in front of his face. I'm sure that was for the filming. I can't imagine they'd yeah. make this poor actor. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm sure. But that just Who, stuck with me as utterly ridiculous. Is he the psychiatrist from the Terminator movies? Is it that? Is that the I don't, actor? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's him. No, that's it. The actor doesn't have a fence. Is that why? That actor has a mouth. That's right. I wasn't sure. But this show, we were talking about how is this a religious thing to get back to the character. It's so hard to talk about the show because I, I am so enraged by the sitcom. I hate it. I hate every second of it. And I hate that I used to watch it and found it funny because it's just so, oh, it no. just twists into you, just the screws of 
standard sitcom banality, like no stakes, no danger, no risk, no acting, no jokes. Yeah. But uh, I think Al does have, is it Al? Is that his co-host name? Does have uh-huh. a line where he said, come on, Tim, have some faith or something when they're all dejected about Christmas. And that, that I guess that's the one subtlety in the episode. He doesn't hand that him a crucifix really and subtle. say, it's this guy's yeah, birthday. That, that's, that's really subtle. I didn't catch that? that. I mean, I, I caught I mean, I was, it. I was, already had enough, enough reasons not to like the show, but that really yeah. drove it I in. didn't, I guess <laughs> I was so far removed from Christmas in this episode, yeah. which is really just like, this background situation that they happen to be in. It has nothing to do with the episode. And it's a horrible so, so when, show. And it's a I horrible mean, show. Christmas so when, episode, when they mentioned faith, when they mentioned faith, that didn't, I didn't even think they were referencing Christmas or Jesus mm-hmm. or, or religion in any way. So that should have been appealing. That should have been the one redeeming quality. And yet I was like, ah, yeah. just twisting the dead, go, just like going through the dead motions of a sitcom, which Honestly, and I'm trying to work a segue out of this because I want to get out of home improvement. <laughs> the next thing we were watching, I anticipated and expected to be the same. What, what was the third show that we uh, watched? Third show I, I picked was um, a season eight episode of Family Matters mm-hmm. uh, entitled It Came on, my, uh, came, <laughs> I came on Your Mom This Midnight Clear. <laughs> it Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Um, and I, yes. again, I picked this one because in the notes about it before I watched it, it said that um, Carl and Urkel get stranded in the woods. So another stranded away from where you want to be at Christmas time. I thought good research. No, good research on that. You did some some hard looking work on this one that didn't just use Wikipedia. This aired just a year after the Home Improvement one. Actually, this was December thirteenth, nineteen ninety six. Um, one year after the home improvement, and that 1996 was a pretty great year for me. I didn't really mention 1995 is probably my favorite year of all time. Mm. It'd be worth doing an episode about that someday. So the Christmas was kind of cool, but 86, the the Christmas and winter of 86 was kind of exciting. I mean, I had some romantic antics with this girl in college that were very meaningful to me. It was the overdrama of the season in snow. It's the first time I saw Rent and. You know, I was smoking and I was living in a single dorm room and, and all these things. So I was in a comedy troupe. So I was heading towards graduation. The 86, the Christmas of 86 is a great memory for me because it's all these things converging with the exception of that was, you were leaving right after that, right? You would have been leaving college campus right after that. Um, you're, you're talking 96? Yeah, going into 97. And you spend the second half of 97 in California? That's yeah. true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. California was the last half, which would have been the beginning of 97, the, the last half of the school year. Yeah. yeah. So this, I mean, would you have any memories of this particular time of year, this Christmas of 96? Because it, again, it was a big, I loved <laughs> it. I loved this era. Well, you know, Tim, it's funny you mentioned a death in the family earlier. Oh, no. um, but this... This year, my grandfather had a stroke that year. Okay. Not to bring it down, and we, we won't linger on this, but that's 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 the year that happened. I'll mark it in the show notes. <laughs> so, 96. <laughs> yeah. Go, quick, segue out. Um, I want to make a golf joke, but that seems unfair. <laughs> So, so this this was a shitty Christmas for you. Um, yeah, it was a tough I wonder, one. You, it was a tough. Had, one. It was a year since you had seen Home Improvement, and then this. Yeah, I was. I was. It was a tough one. Here's you. You mentioned the comedy troupe. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't think you were in the comedy troupe until the second half of that school year because we didn't do a show together. Because we did do a show together. I was so forgettable because you got me in the troupe basically. We did do. We a did show a together. Star Wars musical together. That was okay. I did I wrote a yeah? Yes. I wrote a horrible alien sketch. So get this, Tim. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. My my family came out, surprised me, and came out and watched that that show, and they very much enjoyed it. And we should we should talk about that show because I'd like to know more about that show because the show itself I don't have a big memory of because what happened soon after that. My grandfather was fine. Came out, saw that show, loved it. They all had a good time. They all laughed. It was a great moment, and it was great to kind of perform in front of my family and my grandfather uh, at that show. When we went home for Christmas, um, that's when he had a stroke, and I was with him uh, when it was happening. It was it was a hard Christmas. 
Um, and then immediately after that, I had to go to California for the um, last semester of, of my senior year. So I was away from the family during a, a rough time. Um, but that show and that that last time at, at Emerson in Boston together was pretty meaningful to my family because it was like a moment where we all could enjoy each other and we all had an experience together that was fun and meaningful and, and memorable. So hmm. that brings it up, right? That cheers things up a little. A little? Sure. Maybe? <clears throat> yep. <laughs> wow. No, that's... Um... So you probably don't remember seeing this Family Matters. I was not though. watching Family Matters in college at any point. So I had uh, been in the I'd hospital. Been far away from Family Matters uh, for some time. Yeah. Wow. That's harsh. And maybe, yeah, you know what? It, it'd be worth talking about that. We can do it now or we can do it someday. I don't know. I mean, there's the tying in of location of, of, of Boston with, I'm looking at it through the, through the, um, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the, the goggles or the, the rose colored glasses of, you know, people know, <laughs> I don't think the tinted sunglasses cause it's very bright at the burial mound. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm looking at it. You know, we were in a comedy troupe, this troupe, this thing that your parents came to see that you were very good at this feeling. And then, and it's something that a couple that I guess perfect strangers actually tapped on this little, the bitterness of the Christmas season, the sadness. Christmas is always inherently a sad time actually christmas day 97 1997 which would be the year after this is my mom's brother mm-hmm. died on christmas day and that kind of smushed that holiday mm-hmm. and then you have this you have this multifaceted emotional memory maybe because everything you just said all kind of ties together and i'm sure it didn't all happen on the same day it's not one event after another but it's it is what you thought of when you thought of 1996, you know, Christmas 96. I mean, that, I don't know. Did that stay in the holiday for a little while? Does that stick with it, the holiday? No, for it you? doesn't stick with the holiday, uh, thankfully. Um, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't uh, left a stain on anything, you know, beyond life in general, I guess. Um, but no, yeah, the holiday, it was. <sighs> As crazy as I'm, it, it was kind of a whirlwind of events and emotions. There was so much going on at the time. Um, there, there might be things I probably should talk to my therapist about um, if I had one at this time. Um, Let me turn the other <laughs> mic on. Hold on. That oh. uh, uh, that I maybe purposely don't go back to, um, and and so I'm not letting it mm-hmm. uh, affect that that time of the year. Um, but we can certainly let Urkel affect us in some, in some way, I'm sure. Well, I think so. <laughs> I, and the only reason I don't mean to linger on that. I'm just saying there is something, everything you just said, and it's weird. These specials do touch on this a little. There's almost a need to, push happy feelings to the surface at Christmas, almost in a phony sense. You know, the big bravado, the big show of it, you know, the big performance of it's the holiday. It's great. And tragic things are always tragic, but they're more tragic when you're putting all your energy into, isn't this great? Isn't this well lit? Isn't this tree pretty? Aren't these just wonderful? And and there is this necessary bitterness to the holidays or necessary sadness to the holidays. I think that when we hit that base, cause we don't every year throughout our lives, I feel like I hit it more and more now when you're able to hit that melancholy bottom out base in the middle of all these lights, in the middle of these expectancies of, of the holiday. And you're still able to reach over for a second, you know, or for a moment and get pulled into this trick of the holidays. I mean, that's that's an that's a necessary dichotomy on both sides. I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge that some of this veneer is phony, and I think I'm using the veneer on every episode now as a word. But some of the the holiday decoration and flash is phony. But then I guess you know, and flashy, and there's your Jesus, and there's your lights, and then some of it is human and necessary and it happen it can happen year round, but we, we, we at least stop to, you know, it's like having a birthday or, or, or a parents day or, or day of remembrance or whatever. 
it it's almost more you get almost more of a pass to have those feelings and to get pulled out of those feelings. Things are sadder on Christmas, and I don't know why that is. But then the proximity to someone or or what a hug or a gift or something can do is also yeah. heightened in a way. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's that that would that would be better re-edited as the closing for the episode. Cause now we have to talk <laughs> about fucking family matters. Let's do that. Let's. Um, which well. Here's the thing. I didn't I didn't grow up watching Family Matters. I grew up kind of being annoyed sure. and being aware of it. And um I thoroughly loved watching <laughs> really? this episode really? while simultaneously finding it ridiculous. But yeah, I really I part of it is that people, the audience, the studio audience to the show they love that cop from Die Hard. They oh love God, right? Urkel. They, they just—they're so involved. It was one of those that they don't do this anymore with with sitcoms. Uh, but they actually had to pause the action momentarily as the <laughs> audience reacted to the entrance of characters. Characters that they must have seen, right? Because they're they have sure. to walk their lines and, and block the stage. No, I just I loved it. Actually, I loved that really? feel of it. I don't. Well, see, I don't I, know the I show. I had watched it. I had watched it as as a kid. I watched the first, at least the first season, and maybe some other episodes here and there early on. I stopped watching it pretty soon after that, and never went back to it. I was aware of Urkel as a pop phenomenon, so when I watched this episode yesterday, I felt horrible because this really? is season. Yeah, this is season eight of Family <laughs> Matters. He's a thirty-year-old man. This Urkel and Jaleel character. White. Yes, Jaleel White is an old man. He's taller than Carl. He is making this high-pitched voice that doesn't even work for him anymore, and it just <laughs> it just sick me to watch him perform this. Oh. And I, I'm only assuming that some deal was made. And I kind of remember this. Uh, again, not from watching it, but from hearing about Stephane it. Stefan character. Stefan, yes, which is basically Jaleel White playing a normal human being. Um, Almost the, too cool. Yes, being. far too cool. Um, and so I was, I was completely, uh, honestly, I was kind of disgusted <laughs> by watching it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I maybe because I'm not attached to the show, but I love Carlo Winslow's acting when she's just shouting all his lines. I think that's so awesome. He's fantastic. I found he Urkel's is fantastic. pacing to be. Very I could watch engaging. Carl. I could watch Reginald Vell Johnson in anything. <laughs> I could watch the two. I found them to be, and I tweeted this. I embarrassingly paused the episode <laughs> I was watching after laughing at some bit in the woods. So that I think it's the bit where they had matches and they say, we have three matches. And then Urkel sneezes on the match and he goes, two matches. I think after I laughed at that, I pause it and legitimately tweet it out. I, at 42, am only now becoming learning of the comedy duo that is Carl Winslow and Urkel. Because I just found that. And it's, be, it's probably See, because I, I haven't watched. There's a couple things here. I, I didn't grow up watching the show, so I'm not comparing it to it. Everyone's acting so mm -hmm. broad. That's so well. Honestly, they're very good. The mother's very good. Laura's very good. They're all, they were actually really engaging, those four characters sure and maybe coming off of the two shows we just watched just, just seemed <laughs> it felt the most christmas there was christmas music every second they could play there was snow there was gifts the tree there's so much red and it's just i sincerely laughed at the teaser at the beginning it it it, it won me over i knew where the plot was going once again when it's like <laughs> we have to find this christmas tree and once again one of them gets to say the line, just so you know, I think we're lost, followed by this guitar <laughs> sting of wing, they break for a commercial. But I just, it was so broad and constantly ridiculous. And maybe it's because it was, it plays almost like a sketch because it is, it's a 20, whatever year old man in those suspenders. Right. But it also, and I, I'll let you talk in a minute. I'm sorry. I just, I was so impressed by this because it also has a B plus, you know, we just talked about the home improvement episode where it's like, this isn't even in Christmas based. This episode has a non-Christmas plot with the with their daughter Laura um, having to let one guy down because she's in love with Stefan, but this other character is also attached to her. And I found that plot line to be engaging. I found her to be very funny as this adult character still living at home. I found my understanding was that the mother kind of got written out of the show, but she was very I liked her story. 
And it was a very meaningful story about letting go and being honest where no one is actually a jerk in the story. It's mm-hmm. this weird love triangle that isn't a love triangle because I didn't. Not Connie wasn't... Urkel. Well, he's not. Okay. Love square is what that would be. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, no, no. You said not anyone was a jerk. I think Urkel is a bit of a jerk. I mean, I, I thought him, I, I thought what you're his... saying about a sketch and broad and stuff, but I, I couldn't stand the, you know, the, Right in the beginning, where he turns and walks into the gifts and does this whole bit where he's not—that was some funny business. And he catches his bag or whatever. That was hilarious. <laughs> it's dumb because why are the ba- why are they just there? set up that way? Well, why are they I, empty? A human, but a human being wouldn't do that. He's he's an asshole. A human being wouldn't sneeze on one. Those aren't the only options of what someone can be. He's either a human being or an asshole. No, there are many things. He could be mentally damaged somehow. He 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 could be terminal. He could be a robot, which I think he is. There was an episode he is I saw at one point. Yeah, there is a robot. But I just and then I thought he and Carlo have a sweet scene of him telling Carlo how he admires him. Or Carlos. Carlos? What is Carl? Carl. Carl the, yeah. Carl. Carl. He's telling the Carl from Star Chase, the legend of war. <laughs> As death birds are swirling over the head. Like he doesn't break character. It's still Urkel talking, but he expresses to Carl that why he likes him. And it touches Carl. And they have, I thought, a very sweet and endearing interaction. Yes, should have both died then, in the woods at the end of this episode. That would have been well, a, that would have been a good ending for their. That their would have been a twist. I mean, unless it's the first Family Matters you're ever watching, like me. But yeah, um, but I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I did get a little churchy. Urkel talks about the Big Dipper in the sky, which is a funny way of referring to God. But then Carl says. Kakarl says amen. So yeah, there's a little bit of religion there. But then they sing yeah. a song around the tree. Because uh, Urkel would always refer to Carl as big guy. And so that's right. And so the bit you're talking about where they they the sky clears and they're able to follow the stars to the car. Um he he says that that's because of the big big guy. Oh, okay. So that's the connection. Yeah. I and that's I could do without that. But honestly, the characters, those four characters, Carl, Urkel, the mother, and Laura, um, more than when we watched Perfect Strangers a few weeks ago, more than when we watched the X-Men animated series or the tick this summer, this made me genuinely want to go watch and experience, explore for the first time <laughs> at 42 episodes of later seasons. <laughs> Of family matters, wow. it really worked for me. That's this amazing. Was, me, I didn't. Had this been the first one to watch, I would have stuck with. It. No, no. How were you feeling? You hated it. Am uh, I right on that? You were cold and bitter. I, I, I didn't hate it. I hated Urkel. I hated that this situation existed. That this actor was stuck in this role. I mean, season eight, go go five seasons and be done or have the Urkel character written out and let it just be Stefan. That just really, as I'm watching it, um, just irritated me. Um, oh. Carl, I absolutely love. Reginald Vell Johnson, I absolutely love. He's not a good actor, by the way. I disagree. He's a great actor. Yes. He's a very broad act. He does. He shouts everything. But that's, he, everything that's what he was asked to do. In. Like he, he is the most successful person um, in the in the series in that role. Like he was asked to do that, and to do that for eight, and I think it went into nine, maybe more seasons. It goes nine seasons. Um, yeah. to, that I think is is a masterpiece, a work of art, uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. Mm-hmm. But no, but this doesn't I didn't stoke care. any Yuletide. I liked I liked the you Yule- Ebenezer I liked, robot. I liked the um as you put it was, it was the most Christmassy looking. It had the music. It had the the card ending where it it uh, the camera kind of pulls out <laughs> or the TV show. Yeah, with where the TV holiday. show yes. uh, says Happy Holidays. But I also really liked. I really was touched. It doesn't say from us at Family Matters. It just says yeah, Family Matters. Family. <laughs> As if the show said, hey, before you go, give me that pen. What is that entire program that we all worked on? I want to sign this card. Oh, okay. The, it's a picture of where you most live. Redeeming, it's where you live. The most live. redeeming part of this episode for me, I really liked and was touched by 
everyone's going to bed and turning off the lights. Urkel had just put out a sandwich and some milk for Santa Claus, of course. And so everyone goes upstairs. The last one to go upstairs is Carl, and he kind of stops, tiptoes back to the sandwich, grabs that, and takes that upstairs. That moment and, and, and overacts while he overeats. And the fact that it was Reginald Vell Johnson doing it perfectly. That was my favorite part of the, the episode, but yeah. Well, they couldn't do more than one take. They only had the one That's sandwich. True. That. Yeah, I just, okay. I mean, this this did hit all the buttons I need a Christmas yeah. episode of a show to See, hit. I, and I don't even know this show. For me, Perfect Strangers did it better. It wasn't funny, though. There weren't any jokes. No, there weren't jokes, but there was the, 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 the touching, trying to help your friend, the caring, the love, the presence that are meaningful. You have a dressed up Santa. You've got carolers outside. You've got the snow. For me, you've got smack on your nose. You've got smack. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. I was unaware of, of that. Uh, That's what she pointed out to me. Boy, did it make it tolerable to finish that episode. <laughs> Well, but we have one more to talk about. We do. And the, the last one we have to talk about, it's a Christmas episode of Cheers, a show that ran for 11 seasons. So I assume there's 11 Christmas episodes to pick from. Uh, you now, see, I don't think there is. I don't think, I don't think every show, and, and even in my quick search of these uh, seasons, I, there wasn't a clear-cut Christmas episode for every season. Oh, no. And I think it just depends on when episodes air. Um, they get their air dates a little bit ahead of time, obviously. And so they can write for kind of when they're airing. And I don't think, well, I don't think aired. they think they're never surprised by Christmas shows. No when Christmas is coming. Well, I was just going to say, they don't necessarily always have a Christmas episode because they don't necessarily air a new episode around that time. The time of December, the time of Christmas. I think you could have a, a December 12th episode that doesn't have to be Christmas related. And then you're not back on the air again until January. But I don't think you would do that. Cause I think you would figure this is our Christmas episode. Because it's, I mean, that this is that more than Halloween. I feel like this is the holiday all shows acknowledge, action shows, I, sitcoms. I feel like I think this, they do if they're airing a new episode closer to the holiday. I don't think if if they know they're not going to have a show at that time, they're not going to have a Christmas episode. Oh yeah, of of course. But the shows that aired year round, like shows used to run week to week to week, or they were mid season replacements, or they were canceled. So you you would know you'd have at least an episode. That airs in December. Not necessarily is all I'm saying. Uh, you think had to look at a calendar and be like, oh, how do we get them to Hawaii for Christmas if we don't know? People know when they're airing. I mean, Hollywood's a right, well put saying, together machine. Exactly. Imagine and if I'm we argued about they, this for an hour. <laughs> they know sometimes that they're not going to have an episode airing close enough to Christmas to have it make sense to have a Christmas episode. So there isn't, I guess what I'm saying is there isn't necessarily 11 Christmas episodes of Cheers to choose from. Because I'm going to turn on this mic. And, cheers, will you get on the microphone and tell us how many Christmas <laughs> right. episodes you did? We're going to look How many up. is that, Cheers? We'll, we'll know next next episode. We will we will give a rundown of every Christmas episode that Cheers has. And I swear there will not be 11. I feel like we won't because I was supposed to, for this episode, bring in episodes, <laughs> examples of grunge cartoons from the 90s. And I didn't that's put that right. together. Freakazoid was what I thought of. But that's mid-90s. Um, but no, this Yes, but I'm writing it down. Okay. <laughs> Christmas. Good episodes. luck with that pen. Um, this particular Cheers oh, episode, geez. it aired December 17th, 1987, which must be why it's a Christmas one, because somehow a show aired in December. Um, you picked, and I don't know if it was intentional. I don't want to get into this again, but it's a Rebecca episode. There was episodes where Diane was there. Then when Diane left, Rebecca was on it. And while I like Rebecca, and I, I grew up <clears throat> watching Watching both of them, but you know, knowing Rebecca more, I kind of was hoping for a Diane yeah. episode, but it wasn't. Well, I picked this one again because it was stuck with the theme that kind of was was forming with these episodes. The crew is asked to work Christmas Eve, mm -hmm. so it's another episode where people are stuck somewhere they might not necessarily want to be during the holiday season. Yeah, and and it's it's relatable. I this episode, I feel like. I get more than anyone. This felt the most realistic of any of the shows we were watching. I mean, the set of Cheers was always a beautiful set. We should talk about Cheers. We've said this before. We should talk about Cheers on an episode in yeah, full. Give we, it we've, due. we've talked about talking about Cheers so much that I actually have started rewatching Cheers. Oh, I was going to say we have enough clips to build a show out of it. That's, but, that's um, true too. No, it's a, it's a great show. I mean, it's hard to find. I'm sure there's a few, but it's hard to find a bad episode of Cheers. 
Um, it's I think you can find some sexist episodes and some predatory episodes, but there's there it's a great show. And this I don't know I felt like this felt real. I really felt like these are people who have to work on Christmas. I know that feeling. There's a nice amount of cynicism in this episode, and again the real world feel comes with that. Like I like that. Mm-hmm. I can never gauge how old these characters are. I think we are now older than all of these characters. I don't think any of them are in their forties yet. Sure. Um, but I don't know. And, and, and something I liked about this actually, you know, it's got the little teaser, the bit before, for the credits, they're all watching. It's a wonderful life. And they're all That's getting true. so mad at the program. They're like, this is so phony. I hate this. How often is this on? Then the scene, you know, plays and they cut back and everybody's crying. And I felt like, wow, that's it, the, pretending not to, but crying. Yeah, that's the perfect summation, I think, of Christmas specials. Like they're manipulative. Yeah, and you know it. Everyone knows is a wonderful life is manipulative. If you've seen it more than once, you know it. But that doesn't mean it's not sincere, and it doesn't mean it can hit you. Like I think the having the Christmas season with this weird meaning to it and sadness to it there helps trigger that feeling but yeah it's a wonderful life would get me if i saw it right now it would get me like we were saying last week with the christmas lights on all on and i like that they commented on that and again it's 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 a sweet episode without being too sweet and i think that's why it kind of worked i mean it's typical cheers build the thing i got out of it more than the others because i am a fan of cheers and i've watched it and continue to watch it um I got out of it the kind of thing I, that I like to get from these types of shows is that I'm experiencing the holiday season with another family, um, my TV family. So like when we watch a Friends episode or a Family Ties episode. So it's like Christmas for me is all about family. For a lot of people, it's all about family. And so to experience the warmth and the glow of the holiday season with my real family is great. And then I get to kind of get miniature versions of that with my Cheers family and my family and, and my Night Court family. And, and, you know, so so I got that out of this more than the other three because this was actually a show I often watched and, and continue to watch. Yeah. No, I, I – and I wonder, the shows that feel – you know, you're saying they feel like your TV family or whatever the, the phrasing you, you were. Yeah. To look at those shows, I assume there's something – you can relate to like friends. It makes sense why that feels like a family. We can relate to their life there. That makes sense to me. Family ties always made sense because I could relate to it because it felt like my family minus the politics because none of us were really Republican. Cheers. And I loved it growing up and it did feel like a family from watching it, but having worked at coffee shops, you know, for a lot of my life now working at this inn where I'm going, I'm going to be working for Christmas day and Christmas Eve, like having gone through that experience, you know, this home away from home, this place that you spend all your time. And so, yeah, you're right. You build a family. I'm saying you're right. I think you were just saying this, or you may be referring to it as a TV character. You're building a family amongst them. So how the holiday yeah. is experienced that way, especially when you're stranded. Like I've had Christmases where I'm not able to make it home, you know, or other holidays where I don't make it home. And so it, you seek out the comfort of work, the people at work. That is where you spend most of your time. And yeah, I think this show always reminds me of what it was at my best when I was happiest at a job was certain times at certain coffee shops, you know, and then it dies down and now I'm working the job that I work, whatever. Yeah. But that time when it did feel like this group and this family and you did celebrate the holidays that way, you're right. This show has that sincerity and there is this once again sad comfort where nobody wants to work that as late as they're working because they're all ready to go home but they have to stay there but they're staying there together and to watch that there's comfort in that and it's set at christmas so that's why like watching tv shows i kind of miss you know we're talking about how does a show know when to air but i do miss that feeling that the christmas episode of tv shows was always its last episode before a break for you know it goes on a little hiatus till january so you're about to get some reruns and so it was always this you know and christmas was a big deal for me you know bigger than new year's and stuff it was nice to count down to so when you you know hitting these christmas episodes of the shows you watched watched are ticking off some time you know it's like well if the perfect strangers episode aired the next time perfect strangers airs it's a rerun and then christmas hits like you have all those measurements but also i don't know there's just there's this nice feeling it's like it's a summation or a crescendo or something where you get like you're saying this family feel from this program and you know this cheers episode it got it also got a little churchy i guess 
it blacks out and Woody goes, God bless us, everyone. So you get a little call back to that. But for the most part, it, even though it got a little schmaltzy, it felt sincere. Like I liked yeah. it. I mean, that was a small thing at the end, which just sort of seemed even tacked on. It doesn't even seem like part of the episode. It's just, it's almost like the network wishing you a, a happy holiday. Um, like like if a TV show wrote a postcard? Exactly. But that was, still, I mean, thank you for picking those shows. I did enjoy three-fourths of what we watched, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that Family Matters, and I would not be surprised if I watch it again. I look forward to hearing more about, season. yeah, I look forward to hearing more about the Family Matters episodes that you will seek out now. I, well, I think there's one where there's like a living ventriloquist dummy that looks like Urkel. <laughs> I do know that there's one where there's a robot Urkel. I think I saw Urkel flying with a jetpack. Oh my god! And also, I did see a still of a tiny Urkel and a tiny Carlo Cacaro like, sitting on a table. So I think they shrink on an episode. I I am so yeah. excited that you are now a huge Urkel fan. I I look forward. We should probably. Well, do- I'm just have a Family Matters fan. I enjoyed everyone, but there's a brother who showed up. Her older brother, her younger brother. Yeah, he was. His name? He was sort of uh, inconsequential in this episode. He's very forgettable. He, I believe, the line he had was, "Are you having a cool Yule?" I think was the line he said. <laughs> so not so much him, but Laura, the mom, Carlo, Carl, and uh, Urkel. Carl. I really enjoy. And Urkel doesn't live with them, does he? Because he was sleeping there. He was sleeping over for Christmas. Does he have a broken home? Yeah, I'm excited he, to find out his tragic backstory. I don't think he lives there. He doesn't have a. He, he must have an absentee parental figure because he goes to Kakarl forever. I would imagine. Wow, his, he must have a dark, dark origin story. I mean, like David Fincher, dark origin story. <laughs> David Fincher said he would never do a comic book movie. He did not say that he would never do a sitcom reboot movie. So maybe, maybe we'll get a gritty Urkel for the next holiday season. We should. We should start a petition. I was say, if, they do oh, that, right? I thought you were going to say we should write that. I'm like, ah, probably not. I'm very busy. <laughs> no, no, no. We shouldn't write that, but we should encourage that to happen. That to happen? Yeah. You, yes, to happen. Sorry, your microphone to popped. To, to transpire oh, on the big screen? To transpire, to to come to fruition. Yeah, we'll see. It's, yeah, a family matter of life and death, it could say. <laughs> when the only thing that matters is, um, or something... He did that, maybe you could say on the poster. But um, that's – he didn't get to say that in the episode. I thought he was about to and he no, didn't. No, that's, that. that's true. There's a perfect space for it too because I thought – it almost looked like Kakaro was going to say it. Did you do that? And nobody said it. And I was like, is there another catchphrase like what's your fucking problem or dill hole? Like are any of those Kakaro sayings? Kakaro doesn't have a uh, saying, does he? No. His, his famous saying is, I shot a kid. <laughs> and we'll be discussing that hilarious Christmas mishap and Die Hard in our coming weeks. But for this week, that was this week's program. Thank you for making it through another holiday-themed attempt at a podcast. Uh, my name is Tim Blevins, as I said, and you can follow me on Twitter at Subcultist. But more importantly, what I should have just said is you can, if you like the show, you can check out the show online at www. Dot 20 podcast.com do i have to say the w's people know how websites work i think they do okay. i think they know well then then go to 20 podcast.com i don't even think you need to type in the www anymore i think that's presumed by your computer i think you have to say it though as you're typing you, you do i eat sure yeah so check it out people um type uh vv 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 substitute culture.com or sub what is it 20 popcast.com forget it you know what check us out next week but we could use your support so please come back next week bob fill something in here say something promote 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 it's capitalism yeah 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 uh follow us uh, tim gave you his hashtag uh, his uh, twitter handle i am at R- you can't do it either i'm just saying uh hashtag 20 podcast talk about your favorite series uh holiday specials or uh, christmas specials or any holiday i like the roseanne halloween specials um so yeah 20 20 popcast hashtag 20 popcast and let us know find us on facebook um and yeah reach out touch faith is that the song yeah reach out and touch faith. i was gonna i was gonna try to make a uh, bit about that too because people always say that find us on facebook like they have to do all the work <laughs> I don't know. I think 
one, I think anyone who listens already has. That's so, true. you know. But uh, we'll be back next week. I think next week is our Star Wars episode because we're coming up on finally seeing The Last Jedi and hopefully having a Star Wars theme episode. But until then, until then, I hope you can find us. I hope you find us somewhere there on Facebook. And Bob, do you have anything else left you want to say? I'm good. Happy holidays to everyone. Well, we still have two weeks, but yes, happy holidays, everyone. And catch phrase. Live in peace, live in peace again. I always get worried that when you say, Bob, do you have anything else to add? I think you're giving me the open to say catchphrase, but I don't want to take that away from you because I've been scolded before for doing it. So this, what you just said is on an episode. (laughs) You've said that before. I've said this before? You have said that before. It might be (laughs) phrased slightly different. I'll try to find the episode, but no, I'm sorry. That's a reoccurring fear. It sounds like it's It's not. I'm honestly opening up. You might have something you want to say. Sometimes (laughs) I really want to jump in and say catchphrase, but I'm I'm afraid. I'm I'm a little bit afraid. What's going to happen? What's going to, our friendship's going to end? I may no longer, I may no longer be the co-host of this, this fabulous podcast. Who's going to listen to this if you're no longer the co-host? I have, I have exhibited what it's like when I host by myself. You get an, you get a real time comment over Howard the duck when I'm here by myself. No, we, this show needs you. It could probably do without me except for the editing. I couldn't. But it needs you.